Welcome to In the Wake with Whitley. Here on this podcast, we cover mental health, life lessons, mindset growth, and tons of storytelling. Together, we'll laugh, we'll cry, and everything in between. I'm your host, Whitley Rogers. I'm a certified life coach and mental health advocate. I'm also a survivor of sexual and mental abuse. I'm here to open up those conversations that are normally uncomfortable or hush-hush in society. Keep listening for bits and pieces of my personal journey and insights along with other interviewees. Alrighty, so in this episode, I wanted to talk about control because this is something I'm currently struggling with. I also want to say before I get started, this episode is really hard for me regarding my need to control things because I am currently in this. I'm not on the other side of things and have this all figured out or all the answers. I'm being vulnerable and sharing with you my current state. This is something I want to continue doing throughout my podcast because I never want to feel like I have all the answers as if I've learned everything there is to know because the moment you think you know everything, you actually know nothing. There's always more to learn, room to grow, ways to evolve. So in order to humble myself, I want to share while I'm in the thick of it because I am human. I am imperfect. I don't have all the answers. So this podcast episode is a big growing moment as I share with you what I'm struggling with and working on right now in my life. So as I took time to reflect upon my abusive relationship, I recognized the first moments of this battle with control were rooted or began at that time in my life. During this relationship, my life was spinning out of control when my boundaries, words, objections, and actions were being ignored and overruled by my abuser, I felt as if I had no control over myself, my life, or what happened. Because he was so manipulative, he took control over me physically, emotionally, and mentally. Due to this, I craved control. I craved security. I felt as if I needed to be in control over something, anything. It was almost as if I was addicted to feeling secure and in control over everything around me. As I came to this realization only recently, I noticed that majority of my anxiety attacks were caused and surrounded by this need to control. I would overplan, overevaluate, and dream up the perfect scenarios for different situations. I would plan out every little detail of things in my life. I would obsess and try to control every variable possible. Then when the situation became reality and it didn't work out how I had planned or it didn't live up to my dreams, my whole world would come crashing down. I'm not kidding. My anxiety attacks look like life or death. As soon as I felt the slightest sense of that security or control become unstable, I would start to hyperventilate. I'd be struggling to breathe. I would panic and my fight or flight response would kick in even though I was in no real danger. I would feel the need to escape and get out of whatever situation it was. I felt like I was, like I I wanted to crawl out of my skin. So I would pull at my hair, scratch at my legs, clench my fists and dig in my nails. I'd be in such a tunnel vision And I would spiral down within minutes where I felt as if I was dying because this one event didn't go how I planned. 
I know that sounds pretty extreme and you may feel like you can't relate, so you're about to skip this episode or turn it off, but bear with me. I have a feeling that anxiety or not, you may resonate resonate with what I have to say later and find yourself dealing with the same need to control. So before I dive into what an addiction to control looks like, I'll give you some examples from my life. When I was just fresh out of my relationship, I decided I wanted to share publicly about my struggles with anxiety and depression. So I started doing my usual overplanning. I brainstormed, wrote, rewrote what I wanted to share about my story. I rehearsed it. I spoke to myself in the mirror. I contacted a videographer friend to film it. Zita already worked with our foundation before to create videos. I set a date to film. I set a date to release it on March 30th because it was my one-year anniversary of being in therapy. That date also happened to be over spring break. So when I released this vulnerable story, I didn't have to face everyone at school the next day. I could take time to process it. So I was excited. I was driven. It was all going according to plan, and it would work out so perfectly. Every single day, all I could think about and hold on to was the fact that I could finally be real and take off the face I had been putting on for so long. I clung to my purpose. Being able to do this video distracted me from all of my heartache and aftermath of my relationship because I could hold on to this hope. And then the morning of the day I was supposed to record my video, I was in the bathroom practicing what I wanted to say in the mirror when... The videographer called and canceled. He also happened to be leaving to Europe the next day, so we wouldn't be able to record for a couple weeks. It disrupted my whole plan. I immediately started sobbing and spiraling. As I hyperventilated, I ranted to my dad about how I was just going to quit. I no longer wanted to be an advocate for mental illness. I refused to tell my story. If I couldn't do it on my terms with my perfect plan, I wasn't going to do it at all. I was freaking out. That was the one thing that was keeping me going and living. And as it all came crashing down, I felt as if I didn't have purpose anymore and began to feel suicidal. This reaction was all because I felt out of control and couldn't control the outside circumstances. Luckily, I have the most supportive and understanding dad ever. And he saw how much like being able to share my story lit me up. So he did everything in his power and rationalized with me. And we were thinking of how we could make this video work without the videographer. At first, I shut down every idea because it didn't fit my original plan and timeline. I wasn't open to letting go, letting go of some of the control. Eventually, we worked together, researched videography, editing, studio lighting, sound, all that jazz. We ended up buying everything, the backdrop, the big studio lights. We tested tons of microphones, every little detail. We set up a studio in my parents' closet. (laughs) We had no idea what we were doing, guys. But my dad and I learned together and filmed, edited, and produced my video within less than a week. My world came crashing down on a Monday, and by Friday, I released my no-filter story as if everything was normal and according to plan. And the video turned out way better than what the videographer could have done because it it was my video. 
it was a great bonding for my dad and I, and I was able to have my personal touch on editing and creating this video. So I'm telling you this story so that I can show you how my addiction to control was overtaking my life and happiness, as well as show you the comparison of where I was two years ago with this and where I am now, and the difference of my reactions to feeling out of control. This urge, or you might say addiction, to feeling in control was affecting several parts of my life without me even realizing it. It was basically running me and my life. It affected relationships, potential adventures, or opportunities, moments where I could be happy but was actually left disappointed, defeated, and anxious. I had to know and have security about everything. It's no way to live, and it's exhausting, guys. Let me tell you, it's so energy draining. I'll go a little deeper into what this looks like later with examples. But the three things that I have learned going on this journey was my circle of control, fear-based control, and learning to let go. So first things first, sorry, I feel like I can't talk. First things first. The biggest shift I have seen is the moment I came to terms with this battle of control by realizing that the only thing I can control is myself. I learned what the circle of control is. Basically, you're in the circle and the world is on the outside. I cannot control how other people respond and react. I cannot control outcomes. I cannot control other people's opinions of me. I cannot control other people's words and actions. I cannot control other people's emotions and feelings. I cannot control other people's mistakes and behaviors. I cannot control how other people show up. I cannot control any external factors. This was really, really hard for me to come to terms with. It took and continues to take a long, tedious process from actually hearing and learning this concept to feeling it, applying it, and living it. So because I don't think I can ever get over needing to feel in control, instead of focusing on all the external things that I can't control, I focus on what I can control, which is myself. I can control my reactions. I can control my words. I can control my thoughts. I can control my behaviors. I can control my boundaries I put up. I can control how I show up in the world. So I have two examples of this. The first being how I use my personal control negatively. Once again, when I was in my abusive relationship, I constantly felt like my life was spinning out of control. So I tried to seek control in any area of my life that I could find. And... One of them being social media. I could control what the out, online world saw and knew about me. I could control the way people viewed me and my life as perfect and happy. I could control how my relationship looked from the outside. I could control what truths I shared and didn't share. I escaped to this false reality. I curated this Instagram page and convinced myself of it to be reality, but it wasn't. I posted cute couple pictures about my so-called perfect, happy relationship. I posted about how much fun I was having and how I was enjoying my life. I posted about the cool adventures I was going on. But in all reality, that was the darkest time of my life. 
I cannot remember one single day that I felt relief and genuine happiness. Every day got harder and harder to even bear living. But nobody had any, had any idea of that by looking at my Instagram page. So when I first took off my filter and shared my story publicly, everyone was in shock. I got and still continue to get DM after DM from girls and adults and teens telling me how shocked they were. They tell me of how they always admired me and thought I lived such a perfect life of fun and happiness. They tell me of how they used to be jealous of my life and compare themselves to me because I used my power of control to create such a false lie and I carry that guilt. So now as I see that clearly, I am devoted to sharing the good, the bad, and the ugly on my Instagram. I share reality checks to let people know that they aren't alone. They shouldn't be comparing to pretentious online lives of people. I want to use my circle of control for the better good. Change starts with me because I am the only one that can control how I show up in this world, and I want to show up authentically. So even if you may not attempt to control outside factors, take a second to evaluate whether you are using your personal control in positive ways. The second example or story I have to share is an instance where I shifted from trying to control the external things to only controlling myself. So I have a younger sister who's only two years younger than me. We're pretty close in age, and all of our lives, we have done everything together. We've been best friends. I mean, obviously, we fought and had conflicts because we also happen to be polar opposites, but majority of the part, we were the best of buds until recently. Not going to lie, our relationship has struggled big time in the past year or so, to the point where we couldn't even talk to each other without hating the other, yelling, and ending in hurt feelings. Now, neither of us is perfect. We both have faults and wrongs we were bringing to the relationship, and I was, but but the difference was I was only focused on her. I was focused on controlling how she showed up to the relationship. I was focused on how she didn't listen to me, make me feel heard, or give me the time of day. I was so focused on everything she was doing wrong that was potentially ruining our relationship. I was convinced that if she just fixed her faults and became devoted to our relationship like I was, we could be best friends again. We even started couples therapy, guys, together, but it did no good. Um, I wasn't willing to hear her out on how I was showing up to the relationship because I was so focused on what she wasn't doing or needed to do. Couples therapy didn't last long because... One week, I stormed out feeling attacked when the therapist wanted to talk about what I was and wasn't doing, but that was not okay in Whitley's world because we had to fix and talk about what she was doing to make this better. It wasn't until months later that I learned this circle of control that I realized nothing would ever get better if I was so focused on how she showed up to the relationship. I couldn't control her efforts and actions, no matter how much I tried. So I did a lot of inner work for months. I came to terms with some hard truths and underlying beliefs about myself and my sister. It was hard for me to admit to my wrongs 
And then I began to see this big difference in my life. Even though nothing had changed, she wasn't any different, yet it was as if a burden was lifted when I stopped obsessing over what my sister was and was not doing. I no longer cared. I was doing my best to love her, and that was all I could do and control. I felt happier, freer, and lighter when I shifted my viewpoint on only being able to control myself, and I was no longer held captive by the false security of controlling external things. One night, I was really frustrated and went into her room, and through gritted teeth, I asked for a hug, and she laughed because it was unexpected, and that that's not like us. We do not hug each other. I mean, we can hardly talk to each other, but I was like, no, I'm serious. Like, dude, I need you to give me a hug. So she hugged me and I was like, no, hug harder. I need you to mean it. And we just laughed and hugged it out. And whenever I feel resentment towards her or I can begin to feel annoyance, I give her a hug and squeeze all of that resentment out. And ever since then, it's made a shift in our relationship because I'm showing up differently. There's beginning to feel like there's a change in her. She's not resenting me as much. Our relationship is still not where I wish it was, but it's evolving. It's getting better each day. I commit to only focusing on how I can control myself and show up to our relationship. By the way, I got permission from her to talk about our relationship and how it has struggled, and she was comfortable with it. So if you're listening to this, I love you, beautiful sister. Thank you. Anyway, as I've pondered and dissected what makes me want to feel in control of everything, I have come to the conclusion that it's fear-based. Fear of the unknown. Fear of making mistakes. Fear of embarrassing yourself or looking bad. Fear of being imperfect. Fear of showing vulnerability. Fear of change. Fear of trusting other people. Fear of the future. Fear of someone taking advantage of me like my abuser did. The list of fears I have could go on forever that cause me to want to be in control of outcomes, situations, people, the future, everything around me. Literally everything. If I don't address the root problem being fear, then I can never recover from this addiction to control. So if you find yourself needing to be in control of external things, ask yourself, what are you fearful of? Are you in fear of an outcome or what might happen if you don't control everything? What is this you are afraid of happening? Why are you fearful of this? Is it really all that scary? Will you be okay if that fear comes true? Would you actually be in danger? How can you react if that happens? How are you being affected by this fear? What would it look like if you faced this fear? These are all really great questions to help you get out of this habit of reacting to your fears with the need to control. Recently, I've had to consciously choose to live my life in faith versus fear. Not even faith in a religious sense, but the kind of faith in the unknown that gives me hope. Faith that everything will work out no matter what life throws my way. Faith and confidence in myself that I can conquer the fears. 
I made living in fear a habit. I was fearful of the future and control lives in the future. I was trying to control what happened in future events so that I could avoid uncomfortable situations, disappointment, mistakes, embarrassment, whatever it was. Something my therapist has told me time and time again is that I can't predict the future. You can't predict the future. So all of my efforts to control the future events due to this fear was pointless. While I practiced turning to living in faith rather than fear, I have to ground myself. I have to be mindful and in the present moment or else I find myself wandering into the future and what could happen. We plan out and dream our whole lives, but this plan is flawed because we don't take into account the bumps in the road, the trials, the failures. So when we try to control our future, we become disappointed when it doesn't go as planned. Because planning is, I mean, okay, planning isn't all bad until it becomes an unhealthy obsession with your plan based off the fear of things not going according to plan. I hope that makes some, some sort of sense. So control is fear and fear lives in the future. The third lesson I'm currently learning is letting go. Letting go of expectations letting go of control and controlling external factors, letting go of my fears, letting go of the outcomes. When I feel my addiction to control rise up, I become attached to the outcome. I attempt to control every variable that I think will lead up to that outcome or plan out every little detail. As I attach myself to these outcomes, I try so hard to make things happen without letting them occur naturally or smoothly. Just because something doesn't happen one way doesn't mean it can't still happen another way. There's not one right way or right path for things. I have to continue to have faith that things will work out how they're intended to and not how I wish them to. Take the story of my video, for instance. In the end, everything worked out. Even though it didn't work out according to my plan, it worked out better than I could have wished or imagined. So when you find yourself in the middle of a situation and you can feel the urge to control or your fear comes up, remember those moments that everything worked out, even though you freaked out and thought it could, it would be the worst case scenario, cling to those moments reminisce in them over and over. I have to remind myself of the production of my video when I'm on the brink of a meltdown over something I can't control. So then after you have remembered that you will be okay and it will actually all work out in the end, you can ease into letting go. You can breathe through it. Breathe through the urges to control and let go. Shift into your circle of control. What can you do personally to make the situation better? How can you change your attitude or mindset or choose to show up even when circumstances outside of your control are crappy? I have to consciously work at this all day long. 
So I have a little jar, and throughout the day, I write down things or situations that come up that I cannot control but wish to. I write it down, and I fold it up and put it in the jar. This is symbolic of me handing over my control, and I can't take it out of the jar because I gave up the need to control in that given instance, and I can't take it back. It wasn't until I started doing this symbolic visual that I was able to actively make these changes in myself and live a happier life. Like every time I let go and write down the outside factor, I feel lighter and lighter and lighter because I no longer have the burden of trying to control it. I don't have to worry about it anymore. I can let it go. I can just continue on my day and focus on me and my circle of control. By wanting to control things, I am putting my power into the hands of whatever thing, situation, or person I want to control. It's surrendering my personal power because the outcome will determine my happiness, which is really unhealthy. When I am standing in my personal power. I am not letting outside factors determine my happiness or success. When things crash and burn, it won't affect me as badly if I'm letting go of the outcomes and not putting power into these situations. Letting go of these external things is a matter of being in a resilient mindset. The number one thing I've been working on in therapy is being resilient in my relationships, situations, and mindsets. I am in charge of me and my reaction and nothing else. I'll probably end up doing another podcast episode about resilient mindsets and everything I've learned there, but it's all about letting go. Summer of 2018 was really, really good for me because I practice and apply to these principles in my life and especially the art of letting go. I have never had so many fun adventures and spontaneous nights like that because I let go of all outcomes. I let go of expectations. I let go of the false sense of security in control. One night that sticks out to me is the very last um, day of summer before everyone went back to school. My friend group had some really fun plans ahead to celebrate the ending of such a good season, but Mother Nature had different plans, and frankly, Mother Nature doesn't care about my need to control. So it was the windiest, rainiest night ever. There was really bad thunder and lightning, and my friends and I were stumped as to how to spend our night since none of our plans would work with the weather. As we were about to leave the restaurant and run to our cars to get out of the rain, we had a change of plans. We sat in the rain. We ran around the parking lot dancing in the rain and kicking the huge puddles like five-year-olds. We let go of all cares in the world and had the time of our lives. Imagine an empty parking lot with girls running around, dancing, blasting music from their cars. It was so much fun. So much fun, and I would do anything to go back to that night. But that is the beauty of letting go. That summer I learned to take canceled plans and rainy days as opportunities, not not failures, not the end of the world, opportunities. I just want to recognize the difference and 
how far I've come in these two years. I'm still struggling with this and learning as I go, but I'm no longer stuck. I've made progress. I've acknowledged that I struggle with the need to control. I'm slowly but surely taking the steps to address and let go of what I cannot control in this life, and it has left me feeling happier, lighter, and like a new person. I will most likely continue this topic as I keep growing and learning, and I'm excited to share with you the insights I, I gain along my journey, but this is what I have learned so far, and this is what I'm, what I'm currently dealing with. Don't let control take over your life. Being in a constant state of external control is holding you prisoner to actually living. Self-control is the only sense of control worth grasping to. So to wrap up, the three points I've learned and applied so far are that one, you have a circle of control that only contains yourself. Two, control is fear-based, so practice addressing the root of the fear to get over the urge to control. And three, Learn to let go of outcomes and expectations. The song that came to mind for this episode is called One Day at a Time by Madeline Page. The lyrics will just explain perfectly why I felt this way. So it says, Only I could do this, could do with this. My fight, not gonna lose it. I bleed with every blow as the hits keep on coming, but they're only bruises but they're only bruises. These voices, all these voices, tough stories that I'm fearing. I blocked all of them out as I watched them disappearing because they're only stories, because they're only stories. It's just one day at a time. One day I'll see all the stars align. It, it'll all turn out just fine. It's just one day at a time. It's just one day at a time. One day you'll see all the stars align. It'll all turn out just fine. It's just one day at a time. It doesn't really matter that I didn't choose this. All that really matters is how I'm getting through this. Because it isn't over. No, it isn't over. I'm owning every moment, every step that I'm taking. I'm focused on appraising. I'm letting go. I'm letting go of everything I can't change. Everything I can't change. It's just one day at a time. One day, I'll see all the stars align. It'll all turn out just fine. It's just one day at a time. Like, isn't that just perfect? Like, wraps up perfectly what I just talked about, everything. And so if you are struggling with control as well, listen to this song. Let it be your mantra or your affirmations. Listen to it over and over to remind yourself that it's just one day at a time. It'll all, it will all align. It will all turn out just fine. And that's basically it, guys. Thanks for listening and tune in next time. I hope this podcast left you feeling empowered, better understood, and less alone in this crazy thing called life. If you like what you hear, leave a rating or review and share it with your friends. Thanks for listening and tune in next time.